Anyway. <laughs> um. Cute. <laughs> She's single, boys. Um. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to episode seven. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We're slowly getting there to ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should do something fun for ten, like something. We should eat something good. Yeah, maybe we should get a cake. <laughs> I'm kind of down. Okay, let's, let's do, do it. Tenth episode. Yeah. <laughs> so for the tenth episode, we're gonna just have an excuse for us to have cake. Today we got some Indian food. Yeah, I mean, we're both Indian. So this is going to be a good test to see how good it is. And ever since we moved to L.A., we really haven't tried Indian food. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm kind of excited. I really want to know like a good Indian spot because I I mean, I can't just keep waiting for my mom to, you know, cook me something every time I go home. So I need something that kind of tastes like home. And people always ask me what, like, the best Indian place is to eat, and I don't know. So I definitely want to find, like, my holy grail, like, Indian food spot. Yeah, if there's anything that we can be experts on, it's Indian food. (laughs) So trust us on this one. Okay, so where do we get our food from? So today we ordered from this place called India's Tenduri. It's on Wilshire, I believe. Mm -hmm. It's closer to, like, Santa Monica. Um, but I'm excited. They gave us the option to choose if we want our spice level to be mild, medium, or hot. And I love when Indian restaurants do that because that's when you know they know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. (laughs) I hate... One thing about Indian food is if it's bland, it's terrible. It should never be bland. No. If you're eating bland Indian food, you're not eating it right. Yeah, you should always (laughs) get medium or hotter. We decided to go the vegetarian route today. I got some chana masala, dal makhni... And then we also got some paneer tikka masala. Um, and then our order came with rice, garlic. Well, I got I got gluten-free garlic naan because <laughs> I am now gluten-free. <laughs> Living that gluten-free life. <laughs> um, and then Janki just got the regular naans. And then we also got some samosas. And for dessert, we got some gulab jamu. <laughs> Is that how you say it? I say it different in Gujarati. So... Let's get into Let's it. Let's get into it. What are you trying first? I'm trying the um, paneer tikka masala. Okay. I'll try the dal makhni. Mine oh. is okay. The dal is pretty good. I like that. Mine's, mine kind of tastes like tomato soupy, and I don't really like that. <laughs> Let me try yours. Okay. Oh, I like that. Really? I think that tastes real good. This is definitely Punjabi made. Oh, okay. Let me try. It definitely has like those flavors that I'm used to. This is really good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like the chana for sure. Yeah, I mean, I this tastes very authentic to me, and this I think it's pretty good. Honestly, I'm gonna give this. I'm not. It's not the best Indian food I've had Mm because nothing can honestly compare to my grandma's cooking. But I'm gonna give it a good like solid eight point five. And only, I'm giving an, an extra 0.5 because they have gluten-free non. <laughs> Shout out. Well, you know what? I'm already two drinks in. I'm kind of buzzing, so let's fucking get this going. Let's do it. What's our segment called today? So today we're starting something different. It's called Popcorn Pop Culture. This is going to be a monthly segment that we do. But the whole gist of it is we want to spend time rounding up all the big things that happened in pop culture and society in the past month so we can kind of discuss it on here. I'm sure you guys are all curious. And if you're not, well, this isn't the podcast for you. So goodbye. (laughs) But like and subscribe before you leave. (laughs) Give us a good rating while you're there. (laughs) We want to definitely give you guys some updates on some topics that we've discussed in the past in our previous episodes. So I do want to give you guys an update on the last episode that we just did, which was the quote unquote staged uh, moon Moon landing landing hoax. Yeah. Yeah. In the last episode, we didn't discuss anything that happened this year, but actually on April 16th, NASA tasked SpaceX to 
land people on the moon for the first time in decades let's be real <laughs> and this is part of the artemis program so the artemis program is going to include a series of manned missions to the moon to mars they also want to set up a space station that'll orbit the moon so a lot of fun things happening some xenon z3 Zen- vibes <laughs> xenon shit <laughs> if you know you know you know and elon was hoping to have people on the moon by 2024 but that's kind of a reach but we're still you know what fingers crossed let's do this you know i want to see this happen especially in my lifetime like that'd Mm -hmm. be so cool the goal is to first get people on moon they want to have the first woman on moon and they want to have the first female person of color on the moon Mm -hmm. which is great for mankind you know i love that shout out people of color steps Snaps to you, SpaceX. Hell yeah. And NASA. Um, And I think this basically tells us that the moon landing was a lie. I mean, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) I think it's safe to say that the moon landing was not a hoax. This is actually real. People have been to the moon. People will be going to the moon and we will see it happen in real time. There is your truth. Yes. So for all you conspirators, uh, is that even a word? conspirators i think so let's just pretend it is (laughs) for anyone that doubted the moon landing you know i think you can put that to rest now i can definitely now put it to rest i will never bring it up again as a hoax you can i can swear to you guys on that (laughs) but i will be watching people go she's on the she's on the right team now I, I've switched teams, you guys. I have. She she dipped her toe listen. in the water, didn't know if she liked the temperature, and now she jumped in. <laughs> okay, listen. I did believe that people landed on the moon, but I just thought the theories that they were saying, like there was just a lot of like open-ended questions. But you know what? <laughs> All those questions, I don't even need to like, answer to anymore because I know people have gone to the moon, and they will be going to the moon again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's on that. <laughs> Another person we talked about in our previous episode was um, DaBaby and the derogatory comments that he made towards the LGBTQ community and how the way the way he was handling that situation was very frowned upon. I know yes. it got me and you very angry. If you guys haven't heard that episode, definitely go listen to the cancel culture episode. That one was pretty good. And that's where we kind of talk about all the drama that happened with DaBaby. His, he apologized a few times on social media and it just wasn't up to par. Like he, he honestly was saying, he wasn't saying sorry. It, it was, go, go listen to that episode. You'll know exactly what the fuck It's like saying about. sorry with an attitude. Yeah. Like, that's not genuine. It's like saying, it's telling someone say sorry and they say sorry. Sorry, fine. Yeah. That's how it is. Fine, I'm fucking sorry. Jeez. He's finally doing things right. He's took a step in the right direction. And um, some HIV awareness groups, um, organizations actually reached out to DaBaby and asked him to come to some groups, to group sessions to discuss HIV and have some of the people that have HIV share their personal stories. And like the name says, spread awareness because it is an awareness group. So he went to, he met with nine and um, according to the organization that set up these awareness groups, he was different in the meetings that Mm, he attended. Good for him. Yeah, and he was genuinely engaged. So I'm hoping this is like true and... (laughs) actually genuine i mean because at the end of this like i I don't know i hope that he genuinely has learned what he did wrong but at the same time i'm still gonna keep him on ice for a little bit i'm not ready to listen to his music again (laughs) i don't know if i'm anyone else's like that but i am i I fucking know him (laughs) i was not like that until i met you what yeah what does that mean like i'd be listening to like something in the car and you'll be like ew and like skip it i'm just big on supporting like companies and like celebrities that i don't agree with you know because i'm like at the end of the day i'm fueling you to keep being the shitty person you are yeah which is why if anyone knows me i listen to no chris brown like absolutely no like i don't even fucking have any of his songs i don't if anyone i love has a song with chris brown in it i skip like i just don't listen to it well i mean i agree to that too because I fucking feel so motherfucking strongly about Tory Lanez not getting exactly. my fucking credit. Listen, this is where I, this is how I see it. Like, if you don't have, if you don't stand by your own morals, then who are you as a person? 
You know what I mean? Like, I feel like your yeah. values and your morals really create you. And if you don't, if you don't even have any of those, then you're just like living life by drifting through it. That's how I see it. I agree. Um, so yeah, we don't. Son actually doesn't fucking listen to Chris Brown, Tory Lanes, and the baby, as well as me. But she started that movement. <laughs> and so the baby actually ended up apologizing again, and he finally admitted and said his comments were inaccurate and hurtful. And I read this full apology, and it was better than the other ones. Okay, cool. Love that. <laughs> I don't want to say it was genuine because I don't fucking know that. I don't trust him. We really him. don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking trust him. But it was much better than his previous Did he put the word, three. did he put the letter Q at the end this time? <laughs> because in the last couple ones he did it. So fucking embarrassing, dude. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's a step in the right direction for baby. So good for you, boo. You got a lot of work to do, but. You're doing more than a lot of people have in the past. So yeah. that's great. Um, um, okay, so drum roll. The juicy shit. Drum roll with my thighs. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that picked up. I hope so. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, so as you guys have all probably been noticing on the news and on social media, there's a lot of shit that's been happening with the Erica Girardi and Tom Girardi case. There's a lot of things that have come out during the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season 11. And I wanted to kind of quickly run through everything. So the last time we talked... Well, before you listen to this part of it, you should definitely go listen to episode one because we outline literally everything that's happened in the case up until that point. I think the last thing we talked about was the fact that they were going to get their house was going to go up on sale. I'm trying to remember what else. And the... And he just got a conservatorship. Okay. So... Last time you guys heard from our episode, it was our first, very first episode. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Go us. Um, Thanks to everyone that supported, by the way. And is still here. Love you guys. The last time we spoke about Erica and Tom Girardi, we knew about their Tom Girardi's conservatorship starting. We knew that their house was going to be going up on sale. It was, everything was barely starting. So between now and then, a lot of shit has come down. And let's just quickly go through it. So Girardi and Keys, uh, the the actual law firm, mm-hmm. ha- is pissed. They dropped Tom Girardi. And now because they have all these lawsuits against them, all this money that is owed, they have put up Erica Jane's merchandise and the assets of both Tom and Erica Girardi up for auction to pay off their creditors. Um, they want to liquidate literally everything. Everything the Girardi's owned was auctioned late August. So something that you guys might want to know is that they were selling Erica's merchandising as her persona, Erica Jane, which includes signed CDs. It includes um, photos, signed photos of her, included like a billboard plaque, things like that. Guess how much that shit sold for? All of all of her Erica Jane merchandise. Guess. Mm. Give me a number. Let's go. Like 2K. No. $825. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Fuck, bitch. <laughs> $825 that shit was auctioned for. Eight days prior bitch, to our that. rent is more than that. I'm surprised it only went for that much. I feel like people would have bought more. I mean, who? I mean, realistically, who are her fans? That's true. Who? Who really cares about her fucking music? I'm sorry. I'm going to say yeah. it honestly was probably like her assistant that bought it all for her or something. Yeah. I mean, that's I would, wouldn't be surprised. If I would do the same, honestly, could. especially if I was really prideful about like what I've worked for. Like, I I mean, if I didn't want the news reports to pick up that I bought it, I would have somebody I knew bought it, buy, buy it for me. You know what I mean? And eight days yeah. prior, her shit was only on sale for three hundred twenty five dollars. Oh my god! So within a week, it went up to eight twenty-five. Which I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure people do care, but like again, like how many people? How many people? Yeah. But um, yeah. Another thing is that Girardi and Keys, uh, the law firm, has filed for bankruptcy. They are a hundred and one million dollars in debt. Holy! Thanks shit. to Tom. Thanks, Tom. You're great. Love you. 
So season 11 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is airing right now on Bravo. And Erica Jane, Erica Girardi, has made a shit ton of accusations and claims about Tom Girardi. And the whole show has honestly been about this case, which thank God. That's all we're really tuning in for, let's be real. Yeah. But um, yeah, so on the show... There's a, there's an episode where they all go to Palm Springs or La Quinta for the weekend. And Erica talks about how Tom is a cheater and has cheated on her with multiple women within their marriage. And um, this kind of alludes to the screenshots that she had posted, which we talked about in episode one, that she did this, this post and delete on Instagram. And it was like screenshots from a phone that looked like it belonged in like 2010. And it was about this, like, Justice, I forgot her name, but apparently claiming that this Justice was um, having an affair with her man. And fun fact, this Justice, I, sorry, I don't know her name. She's irrelevant to this entire story. But apparently she um, retired months after the show aired. (laughs) So is it true? I might say so. Very coincidental. She also talked about how she doesn't have a prenup with Tom. Which, okay, look, can we just talk about that really quickly? Why the fuck would you not have a... If I, Tom is stupid as fuck. This makes me believe our theory of the business decision. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, this just further makes me believe my theory that, like, she was in on all this and she used the fact that she didn't want a prenup as a way of, like, solidifying her financial yeah. situation in the marriage. You know what I mean? And I also feel like... Again, like, like, to your point, someone that's such a big lawyer, like, why is that not already, like, the first thing that comes to mind when you get married? And But I heard that they got married within, like, a very short time span. Like, it wasn't a traditional wedding. But that's, like, I think the excuse of why they didn't have a prenup. But still, like, you would think, like, somebody that's really, like, concerned about their finances would make that the first thing. And then another thing that I couldn't understand was, like, does the pre- not having a prenup hurt her? Because traditionally, right, in a marriage, if you have a prenup, the, per- the spouse's finances are his or hers, and it doesn't affect you when you do the divorce. But, like, in this yeah, situation... it's supposed to lead to be, like, a cleaner divorce because yeah. all the assets are already kind of divvied up. Yeah. At least before the marriage. So then what happens when your husband is basically being sued for stealing money and putting it into all the assets that he owns... What would that have to do with, like, how would that affect the wife? You know, I'm sure it doesn't help her in this situation. I would say you get half, you get your, your, you're also responsible for half getting taken. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably, honestly, she probably won't walk away with anything from this divorce. It's highly unlikely. She's also talked about many times alluded to how dismissive Tom is, how she had no control in the marriage. She had no control over finances. He was supporting everything, always putting up that front. And, you know, who knows? I don't know Tom. You don't know Tom. No one knows Tom. It could be true. But, Mm -hmm. like, I genuinely think this is, like, just to build up her defense um, in the whole situation. Another thing that um, a very huge thing that they talked about on the show that was very shocking for a lot of viewers and for the housewives themselves was that apparently Tom drove himself off a cliff and uh, was unconscious for 12 hours. If this is the truth, which I don't think it is, truly, first of all, why did no one know about this? You know, like, he's such a big, high-class attorney. You know what I mean? If he had legit neurological issues and he was unconscious for 12 hours, he possibly had a concussion, all these things, why was, you know, why has nobody else that's around him pointed anything out about his deterioration of, like, his mental state into, yeah. like, the Alzheimer's buildup that they're trying to do, right? So going off of that, there is a deleted scene that Bravo aired after the show they mm-hmm. do like i don't know i never i never watch their deleted scenes but i guess they post them after the shows are released it's a scene between kyle and mauricio and they're talking about the divorce it, it was like right after the divorce was announced on the show mm-hmm. and 
she's asking Mauricio, hey, if you know anybody for Erica, like, let me know, blah, blah, blah. And they were both talking about, like, how, like, they should just, like, start moving on with their lives and dating other people. And Mauricio makes a comment about how Tom should also, you know, look, start dating someone else. And, and then they both start talking about how sharp he is for his age, how smart he is, how great he's doing. He's, like, a young 81, all this stuff. So a man that's health is deteriorating, <laughs> a man who has Alzheimer's, the, and then close friends of his are being like, he's great. He can handle it. He he can move on. He's great. He's young for his age. He's so sharp. He got caught the fuck up. I feel like Bravo's like subliminally throwing Erica under the bus. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? For sure. <laughs> but um, as you should, Bravo, as you should. And then, of course, let's not forget how many times Erica tries to talk about how innocent she is in the situation. And I something that really you. pisses me off is like, yes, like if you are really a victim in all this, I feel for you. But how do you not have sympathy for all the people that your husband has hurt? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and not once has she showed any type of like remorse pain yeah somebody else had to bring it up garcelle yeah on the show um for her and even then i agree i agree she never like used their names i don't know if it's It's not like even using i don't think you can use names but not even names she didn't even say like but there's no sense of remorse of them like she never she just agreed with people she never made that own statement herself exactly but there's like also no like sense of pain coming from her it's like yeah i agree like yeah you have a good point you're so closely tied to this man that hurt all these people and if you're supposedly innocent don't you think it would also help your case to show the remorse to all those people think about it you know what i mean she never made any public statement and at least from what i've seen she could have but she's never made any public statement about like apologizing to all these people about what her husband has done nothing you know yeah they haven't even been acknowledged as far as i know So those are the things that have happened thus far on the show. And obviously, if anything else comes out, we'll definitely update you in the next Popcorn Pop Culture episode. Um, Another thing that also happened was Tom has officially been disbarred. And there were photos that were released or circulating of him. And it showed him with a black eye. It showed him wearing really baggy clothing. Like It looked like he lost weight. He looked very feeble. It just looked like he wasn't in good shape. And then... Very recently, there was um, news reports saying that Tom had checked into a senior facility called Belmont Village Senior Living in Burbank. A lot of people are saying that they don't know how true this is because the photos that show him at the facility, he has A, no luggage with him, and B, his mask is down during the photos. So like he purposely pulled down his mask when the paparazzi were around him so that he could show that it's him, which completely like is so bad like it doesn't you're not selling anything tom Girardi. like honey i know you call them on you i don't care if you have alzheimer's or not you still know the number to the fucking paparazzi and you did it method he used the fucking kim k method let's (laughs) let's be honest speaking of the kardashians kylie jenner oh yeah kylie jenner officially confirmed her pregnancy and amelia and scott have officially broken up days after the fucking screenshot that eunice posted of scott talking about his ex courtney and in other big news lisa renna looked at our story (laughs) (laughs) the britney spears episode also came out a couple weeks ago And we do have an update on um, what's going on with that whole conservatorship. We do know that she is going to have another hearing in September, which we're looking very forward to. But today, like literally today, September 7th, the day we're recording this, uh, there was news that her father, Jamie Spears, Uh, has petitioned to remove the conservatorship and has told the judge that if he deems that she needs a conservative or she doesn't need a conservatorship anymore, that they can take it off. He's in full support of her conservatorship ending if the court feels like she is ready to end it. So she still needs to prove to the court that she is capable of taking care of herself, but this is basically Jamie Spears' way of being like, I'm in support of that if that's what the court decides. So all in all, good direction. I don't know what's going on with the behind the scenes. It kind of seems a little like 
fishy that all of a sudden he's okay with it right before the trial right before the trial she must have something against him i don't know this is just me being a conspiracy theorist as you guys may already know um recently too a couple weeks ago there was a report of britney spears slapping a phone out of someone who was working for her's hand and the lady was pressing charges the news media made it something bigger than it really was they made it seem like she like physically abused her but it was just like slapping the phone out of her hand when i read the reports which is there's a whole bunch of memes about it too if you want to see some of some of them go to our podcast (laughs) on instagram (laughs) at past the salt podcast but um i guess like whatever consensus came from that the charges were not going to move forward on that that was basically over i mean all in all another good things are moving in the right direction for britney yes we love that queen she deserves to be freed and that is it for the update so in current pop culture news drake and kanye both dropped their highly anticipated albums certified lover boy for those of you who don't know they've had a fucking long a decade-long beef damn near so it started in september of 2010 when drake and amber rose were spotted together and they were rumored to be dating and this was two months after her and Kanye broke up. So that was their first bad beef. And then in November, Kanye came out with all of the lights and he took off Drake's verse off of that song. And so Drake started feeling some type of way about it. Shit. Yeah. That's the one with Rihanna, right? All yes. the lights, baby. And then in October of the next year, so Drake used to always like look up to um, Kanye right. as like a rapper. He was like his inspiration. Yeah, and he would he publicly came out and said it. Mm. So after the whole all the lights situation, a year later in October of 2011, um, Drake went on an interview, and he said that he wants to surpass Kanye. Mm-hmm. And okay. I don't think that was a wrong statement to make. Like, obviously, you want to be better than your idols. Are you kidding? That's all. That's a goal. You have to be your number one supporter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you don't even think that you're that good, then chances are no one else thinks that either. Yeah, I agree. And then, um, so they go back. And after he says that, they go back and forth for four years um, on diss tracks, just like dissing each other. And in February of 2015, Drake hinted at a potential album. Like a, col- They diss each other back and forth um, for about four years in songs and lyrics and whatnot. And then in fe- February of 2015, Drake hints at a potential collaboration um, between him and uh, Kanye. So like a collaborative album. And then January 2016... Drape rap, Drake, Drape, <laughs> Drake raps on summer 16 and I quote, now I got a house in LA, now I got a bigger pool than Ye, and look man, Ye's pool is nice, mine's just bigger is what I'm saying, okay? Kanye. Men and then, their egos. Right? <laughs> Kanye then responds in an interview simply by saying, I have three pools. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love Kanye being petty, man. You gotta so love it. So funny, dude. <laughs> and then the same fucking year, dude, seven months later in August 2016, billboards go up in Calabasas with both Good Music and OVO logos on it. And Good Music is the label Kanye's on. Um, they popped up in LA confirming a joint album. And then Drake also later confirms it in a, like an interview. So they basically squashed their beef for a minute. Yeah. In that, but that album never got released. Of course. And wasn't Drake supposed to also have like a residency in New York, uh, in Las Vegas, and that never happened? I'm, I'm, I didn't know about that. I saw a billboard about that. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it, I just, and he never fucking had a residency. Drake just be like, I swear to God, Drake's mentality is like, oh, it might happen. Billboard. Yeah. He's king of billboards. <laughs> he really That's is. That's how he promoted this album, too. Um, which I, we both thought it was like a genius fucking idea. Um, so, and then fast forward two years, in May of 2018, this is when, like, the infamous, like, Pusha T and Drake beef starts happening, well, where Pusha, um, basically tells the world about Adonis, which is Drake's kid, and nobody knew about him. And, um, it's said to say that Drake was friends with Kanye, and or Kanye knew, so Kanye was the one that told Pusha T, because they're on the same album. Pusha T's the president of, um, Good Music. 
And then In My Feelings drops the same year. And that's where the famous line, Kiki, do you love me? And then um, at the end of 2018, Kim and Kanye basically go on Twitter and say that there is no Drake without Yeezy. And then fast forward to August of 2021, like the beginning of the month, um, Drake features in Trippy Red's song Betrayal where he takes a shot at Ye and he uses his name. And um, then Ye, petty as fuck, posts Drake's address on Instagram and then deletes it. But what caused their beef? Like, does anyone know? Like, where does this come from? It just seems like petty jabs back and forth over ego. Well, Drake thought at that time when they came out with it, Drake thought that he told Pusha about his kid. Oh, so it's all about his kid's news being exposed. Yeah, that's when it got serious, basically. But wasn't there shit before that? It was all petty shit, but there was like it was like rapper beef. Nobody actually has real beef in, me- in the music industry. Rarely people have real beef. They make it seem like they got real beef. It genuinely seems like a beef. Like, I don't think anyone was thinking it was a publicity stunt. But I'm just trying to understand, like, what was the thing that ruined their relationship as, like, people? Because Drake used to look up to him, and then all of a sudden now Drake's like, fuck him. So it's like, what happened? Is there any news? Is there any information about that? Because it just seems like they're both like, fuck you, I got a big pool. Fuck you, I got a big pool. Well, it was in. like that. It was like that up until, like, I mean, why do you think, like, the whole, um, they were coming out with the joint music? Because they were all going back and forth about, like, fuck you, I got a pool, fuck you, I got three pools, right? And then the joint music billboards came up, and then after that was when the whole Pusha T and Drake beef happened. So that's when things went south. And that's why when this album came out, r- right after Kanye dropped Donda, and then in between the three days that... There was what before Drake dropped um, Certified Lover Boy. There were claims that um, Kanye's reps actually said, "Oh, Kanye doesn't have any beef with Drake." Yeah, 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 all that stuff. So I don't think it was like I think it was squashed up until all this shit again with Trippy Red's um, song "Betrayal," where Drake takes a shot at him again. I feel like there's some sneaky shit going on beneath the surface. Drake is so unproblematic. Drake is so like secretive about his life and everything he does like rightly so you know but like to be publicly talking about another rapper and how much better you are than him that's huge for drake so like there must be some real I don't know. shit he that had that down. shit with fucking meek mill too but they had legit beef like they literally had beef you know what i mean like they both fought about it online and they both came out with like songs about each other and the same thing with the push of t like he drake dropped like a diss out diss song to him well so drake saying, and kanye rapped back and forth too i know and i agree that it's i don't think it's a publicity sign at all there has to be some legit shit that like went down that no one knows about that like no one, i don't know if we'll ever know but there has to be like something that like makes them hate each other yeah i'm sure there's probably something deeper that we just don't know But back to the actual albums, there's been about mixed reviews about both from the critics and from the general population. But Certified Lover Boy, and I quote, was deemed worth a fling, but not a ring. I agree. I agree to that too. I have my own thoughts. Do you want to, what do you think? Let's talk about that before we get into it. So, I know... I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a lot of hate for saying this. But I feel like Kanye's album is so powerful. Like, the messaging, I hear it, I'm here for it. Like, I feel for him, all of that. I can understand that he's not making, at least I don't believe that he's making the music for the masses. I think he's just putting out what he genuinely feels. Like, I love that he's doing something with meaning and with actual, like, resonance. But I think that he loses a lot of his audience when he brings in the religion aspect because a lot of people don't listen to the music to hear his preaching. They're there to catch a vibe Mm -hmm. or they're trying to just chill out and have a good time. And I think... If we had to put the two and two together, it's hard for me to compare the two because they both have such different meanings to them. Like Drake's is more of like, uh, let's like chill down. Like either yeah, you're baby. hanging out with your girl or you're just going through a breakup and you need some music to let you go, let you through that. Like that's what Drake's is. And I'm gonna be honest, like 
I like Drake, but I don't think this was his best. I don't think this was anything near his best. I saved a couple songs, but like I'm not going to listen to them unless I'm really in the mood to like listen to something sad or to be in my feels. And I do like that Kanye's music, even though it is a little like gospel-y, it's still upbeat. It has like a good like vibe to it. But I again, like I the messaging with God and all this stuff, it's not going to resonate with a lot of people. And that's kind of where he lost me. Like I was into it for a while, but then I was like, fuck, every fucking song is about this. And the fact that there's fucking 27 fucking songs. A lot of people had um, similar things to say as you, Son. And um, I went on Metascore, which is basic which compares like critics review and user scores and so the critic review for um certified lover boy was 61 it got a 61 meta score out of 100 and then donda got 53 out of 100 so pretty close behind it pretty close behind it yeah but out of the reviews 36 percent was positive and 64 percent was mixed zero percent percent negative okay critics review so i'm glad i'm not the only one yeah for certified lover boy this was like across the board though mm. and then for donda it was 26 percent positive 68 percent mixed and five percent negative okay so the user score for drake certified lover boy was 3.5 out of 10 and kanye's was 6.4 out of 10 so users liked Kanye's more than they liked Drake's, which I can see. It's exactly the same thing you said. Yeah, because I tried playing it. Like, I, let me. I, I tried playing Certified Lover Boy like in the car when I was like driving to dinner, dinner with my sister, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was just like, oh, I'm not in the mood for this. Like, this is some feels shit. This is something to play at night. It's something to play by yourself. Like, it's not. It's not a song I would just put on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not that type of beat. It's not that type of, like, lyrics. So that's why I feel like I can see where that I is. I actually felt the opposite. Really? Yeah. I felt like that about Kanye's album. I, I saved pre- more from Drake's album than I did Kanye's. I saved more with Drake's album than Kanye's, but that's only because Kanye's had such a religious aspect to it. And it's like, I'm not ever putting on music to hear about God. You know what I mean? It's powerful. Like, I think his music is powerful. I think the the way that he made the beat sound and, like, brought in, like, the chorus with, like, the choir group and stuff or whatever they do. I thought that was very well done. And, like, if it had nothing, like, it's just so bad. The I production like, of it was good. It was so well. And I literally remember listening to it and I was like, this, I would love to see this in person because over the headphones, like, the feeling I get listening to that music makes me feel really good. Imagine that feeling you would get when you're there. It just has such a powerful resonance, but it's not something you would put on any day. Yeah. That's why I didn't save any. I mean, I don't go to church. I don't listen. I don't pray to God. You know what I mean? And there's probably a lot of people that are like that. Yeah. So it's like, would I put this on when I'm in the car driving to go turn up with my friends? No. Would I put on Drake? No. But I would put on Drake if I'm sad. Yes. No, act- that's where I differ. In opinions from you. Um, There's a couple songs on Drake's album that I've already fucking like listened to like six, seven times. Yeah. So there there are a few bangers, at least for me, on his album. And there, but there are less bangers from Kanye's album. But I can see why after you point out the fact that it's more like gospel music and it's not something that you want to listen to every day. I think creatively, this was a better album for sure. I do agree with you on that. Even with the gospel shit, I think not many people are paving the way in mm-hmm. the music industry like Kanye is. That I is think, a no-brainer. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. I think creatively, he did something amazing yeah. that Drake can't do. But I think for the masses, he didn't deliver as Drake did. Yeah. Which gave him the upper hand. Yeah. In a way. At least in, like, in my eyes. In your eyes. Yeah. Because I do, I would listen to Drake. Like, I already fucking overplayed some of his songs. But the user score of the the reviews on Metacritic is 27 per, 23% of the 937 ratings that Certified Loverboy got. 23% of that was positive. 15 were mixed. And 62% was negative. What did people say, though? Can you, like, did you read anything? They, like, I what mean, were their negative reviews? The negative reviews were saying things like, oh, he sounds the same. Yeah. There's nothing new. Literally exactly the same things yeah. you said and the things, like, you know when I told you about because the album? Because the thing is, like, 
I think it's also that like you kind of hyped it up for me because you told me it sounded like Take Care. So I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, it's like that. It's old Drake. And then I listened to it and I was like, no, this is like his old album. Yeah. His, yeah. I might have done that because I liked it as soon as I listened to it. Yeah. And that was when my, because I asked other people about it and my take on that album definitely differs from theirs because people liked the ending more than they liked the beginning. And I liked the beginning. I don't listen to things in order at all. I always oh. put on shuffle. Oh, yeah. No, I listen from the first song to the last song at least twice. And so Donda's overall score out of 10 was 6.4 versus Drake's 3.5. And out of 2,659 reviews, 65% of those were positive, 4% were mixed, and 31 were negative. So the positive and negative are kind of flipped for Donda when it comes to um, normal people like us listening to it. Mm. So I think everyone had, there's mixed opinions across the board. So it's definitely very tailored to the fact that if you're team Kanye versus team Drake. Yeah. So Olivia Rodrigo's kind of making a lot of headlines lately. Who is she? She's. For people who in, don't know. I mean, I feel like. For the millennials. Okay, you know her album Sour came out with 11 songs. All 11 songs are on Billboard's Hot like 100. So I'm pretty sure everyone knows who Olivia Rodrigo is. If you don't know who Olivia Rodrigo is, she is a Disney Channel actress turned pop star. Just came out with her debut album, Sour. It was huge. But with a lot of fame comes a lot of drama. Mm -hmm. So let's crack into it. First of all, she came out with this merch line that was so cute. Yeah, it was fashionable to the trend. It was fashionable. They spent money on it. It looked really high quality. It was also sustainable, which was really big for a lot of people, like that they made it with sustainable material. And they were genuinely cute. Like I would buy some of the merch, like some of the taglines that were on like the tops and stuff. Like they were pretty cute and sassy and it went really well with like her brand and her album. So even in the merch like photos on the website, Olivia Rodrigo is modeling her merch, which I think resonated a lot with her audience. Yeah. And when celebrities started receiving their merch, it looked just like the photos, everything that people thought. So fans were really anticipating this drop. And when it did drop, a lot of people bought it. It was sold out. Like I think they got more sales than they, they expected. But the finished product did not live up to what people saw online, meaning that the photos that were shown online were not the actual products. For example, they uh, Olivia Rodrigo is shown wearing crop top, like a crop top tank top. And when people received that, it wasn't a crop top. It was like a tank top dress. It was long. It wasn't even like a minor mistake. It was like a huge mishap. Like, oh, my God, it was like a tank top dress. Um, another thing that was wrong with her merch was that um, a lot of people were complaining about how long it took to get the merch. Like it took months after placing the order for them to finally start receiving their items that they ordered. Some of the graphics were off-centered. Shut up. Yeah. Um, another thing that was really big that circulated a lot through um, TikTok was that there was a t-shirt that was supposed to look like this like vintage um, purple, like dull vintage purple color. And when people started receiving it, there was um, TikToks that were going around and they were showing that the the purple was actually a very bright purple. So it was not anything like they advertised it online. There was also a bucket hat that was sold and the stitching was coming out for some people. Like it came out like half stitched. What? Yeah. Very poorly. Very poorly executed. Um, Another thing which was huge was that people... They got earrings that's supposed to say sour, like dangling earrings that said sour with like little, little like letters on it. Yeah. The, some of the word sour was misspelled for some people. So shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. Who's fuck? What? I have no words. Everything was poorly executed and she got a lot of hate for that. She also never, never publicly addressed it. So that also pissed a lot of people off. And, you know, I understand that, like, you're a bigger celebrity and your name's just on it. And, like, a lot of people are working behind the scenes for you. I get that. But when people are noticing very huge differences, like, these are your fans. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you have a responsibility to explain yourself to them. Like, being silent sometimes isn't the best option. And I don't think in this case it was. Um, 
Another thing that people are thinking is that they didn't expect to receive as many orders as they did. So when they did receive a shit ton of orders, like they thought like maybe their team just like was like scrambling to get everything out. Yeah, they probably cut corners. But either way, like if you took if it took you months to get this shit out to people, like it should be fucking spot on. Yeah. <laughs> um, Somebody should have been checking that. Yeah. Quality uh, control. Absolutely. Okay, so one thing that really didn't sit right with a lot of people was that on the website for the merch, it said in, like, it had a disclaimer on the website saying that the photos of each item is just a rendering. It's not, and that some of the finished product might differ. But, like, these things were huge differences. It wasn't, like, a small difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was the the merch debacle. Next comes plagiarism allegation. <laughs> You guys probably have all heard the famous song, Good For You, that plays literally every second on the yeah. radio. Um, if you haven't, please step out of your house for a second. and Literally just go shopping. Just go out. Just go to just, the grocery store. Just turn on the fucking it. radio. Like, you will. Right now. <laughs> guaranteed it's playing. So there's this indie rock band called Pom Pom Squad. And I'm actually going to link the photos for you guys in this episode description below because the this is just something that everyone needs to seriously see but it's not like an actual song that she copied but like their overall vibe their whole vibe is like high school cheerleader sad angry you know like cheerleader vibes and you know a lot of the visual elements the visual vibes that good for you looked like very similar aesthetics to what popcorn squad mm-hmm. had already released so do you think they had like the same creative director because i feel like that would be i mean it would have come out that that was the reason why right probably yeah i think it would have come out but yeah. i don't think just anything, their creative direction was too similar the music video has a lot of resemblance to the pom-pom squad's music videos mm-hmm. um there's a lot of the so there's for the good for you there's a photo of um olivia rodrigo and this like cheer outfit and she's like also holding up pom poms. It's almost identical to the same photo that the pom pom squad's lead, lead singer also took mm-hmm. as well. The only difference is that her their outfits are different colors. There's also a photo that the pom pom squad did of one of their songs, and they spelled it out with hair clips. With like oh, each yeah. clip is a different letter. And then Olivia Rodrigo did the same thing for sour, and it was like it looks almost identical to the same vibe, same angle, everything. I'll link all those photos below. You guys can make your own decision. You guys can take a look at it yourself. To me, it just seems too much of a similarity to be a coincidence. Even if it's the same creative director, it's like, that's a bad look on your end. Like, why are you using the same vibes for each one? That yeah. doesn't look good at all. And did they comment on it yet? No. Wow. They didn't comment on this either? Her team is infamous for never talking about anything. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Everything I'm going to tell you, like a lot of it, they never talked about. Good For You also sounds very similar to Paramore's Misery Business, which is fine. Like it's very common in the music industry for other artists to take different sounds from other songs and just to make it into their own. But the reason why this is such a big deal is because they didn't give songwriting credits to Paramore until people started noticing it. So, oh, so it actually was like sampled from. Yeah. Huh. Whether they meant to intentionally or not, they did take. Because it was so similar. So similar. So the rumor has it that Paramore's team actually um, took legal action, which Mm -hmm. forced them to use the songwriting credits. But the chorus sounds extremely similar. So that's where I feel like the plagiarism came into effect because I listened to both them side by side. And they're both very different and tell the chorus. And I mean, I remember seeing TikToks on that where like millennials would be like, this song is this song should have came out when I was in high school and blah, blah, blah. And then people started realizing like, oh, no wonder I like this song so much because it sounded like yeah. my song in high school, which was Paramore's song. Yeah, it's crazy. After they gave songwriting credits... Paramore is now set to receive 50% of the royalties that she makes off of this. So wow. they've lo- she's they've already made like 1.5 million dollars off of her losing royalties that she was originally <laughs> getting. Um which also means that if Olivia Rodrigo wins a Grammy from this song, Paramore will get credit for it. 
Fuck yeah. So shout out to Paramore. Another person that they that they also um, took music from or maybe were quote unquote inspired from was Taylor Swift. The song Deja Vu is um, is very similar to Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift that they retroactively gave credit for after people started noticing. So same situation here. Taylor Swift will be receiving 50% of the royalties as well. The thing that makes me so fucking like mad and kind of annoyed is that this wasn't her first like big hit. Like she came out with driver's license way before this fucking album. They should have known to do the due diligence and cross their T's and dot their I's before putting shit out. Like this is not a mistake. Like she's one of the biggest fucking stars by this time. I agree with you, but just because they released driver's license first doesn't mean like they recorded it first and they released it first. Yeah. Like they could have all done, done it all at once and then just waited to release everything else and release driver's license first. Mm-hmm. The only reason I know this is because back in the day when Miley Cyrus came out with their weird rap album, I was watching like a video and she was talking about how they had already created the album and they picked We Can't Stop to be the first one to be released as a single and then waited for the buzz to generate and then released the whole album. But I agree, like, especially, when, okay, it's one, it's just like, you can't sit here and be like, oh, I didn't know. Like, how do you not know? Yeah. Especially when you have all these people that work in the music industry with you. If you can't come up with your own music, then at least give credit to the people that created it for you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, you don't deserve all the, the credit. Yeah, and it, it's great that if it's a great album and people helped you, like, fantastic. Music is sampled, yeah, it is sampled, and you got to give credit where it's exactly. due. Exactly. And you know what? She's really young. She's like what eighteen. She probably also didn't have a lot of control. She probably doesn't have a lot of knowledge. So you got to give her take it with a grain of salt. Like she's probably not the guilty party in yeah. this situation. You know, this is also a different generation than her. But you know, at the end of the day, if your name is on it, like you should have the right people working for you to do that due diligence. Yeah. I mean, we're angry about it, but do you really think her fans are going to care what the fuck's happening? I mean, that whole merch thing would have been pissed me off. And honestly, I'm still rooting for her. I like her as a person. I like her as an artist. I think she has a big future for herself. And I think that people can um, make mistakes and grow from there. And I think that the reason why they ended up giving both Taylor Swift and Paramore um, songwriting credits was also a way to kind of avoid legal action from yeah. both parties but i think they took the right step instead of being like assholes about it so that's good yeah i agree next up we have the shit show of a season of bachelor in paradise <laughs> oh my god i feel like every week i see every day i see a new fucking report on bachelor in paradise for those of you who don't know it is a spinoff from the bachelor and bachelorette franchise where the rejects kind of meet on an island. <laughs> the rejects, oh my gosh. <laughs> kind of meet. So it's filmed in a on a beach in Mexico and these contestants go and try to find love and people come in one by one and each week they switch off to where the girls have the roses, they'll give it to a guy. A guy has the roses, give it to the girl. And that's how you kind of form relationships, build relationships. If you guys haven't seen the last couple episodes, we're just going to fast forward to last night's episode which was the 6th of september the two motherfuckers that we're gonna get into now by the name of brendan and piper making headlines all day today mind you people that go on bachelor in paradise are single and trying to find love that is the whole basis of the show brendan was said to have a previous relationship with piper before the show so basically, Natasha questions Brendan on there's rumors going around that you were in a full blown relationship with Piper before you came here. What the fuck is going on with that? Like, I were didn't. there actual like shots of them making out? Like, where did the rumors come from? Is what I'm Us asking. Weekly just uh, wrote an article about them hanging out. Oh. Yeah. They were spotted together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Brendan basically says, yeah, I saw her a month ago. We hung out like two times. It wasn't that serious. Like, I'm here now. I want to build things with you. I have better conversations with you. That's what he told Natasha. And Natasha's like, okay, cool. And that week, coincidentally, the girls had the roses. So he's basically claiming that things with Piper are casual and that he can pursue something serious with Natasha. Fast forward to the episode that just aired. Piper comes down the fucking stairs, gets into paradise, 
and reads her date, says hi to everyone, hugs people, reads her date card. And the standard practice is that when you walk into paradise after everyone's been there, do you read your date card and then you talk to all the but people like of the everyone in paradise sex. is given a date card, right? Like anyone that walks in after the show started. Yes. They're all Mo- given Yeah, a date. everyone that walks in solo is given a date card to kind of help them get the ball rolling. And so, because people are, are, mind you, people are already in building connections and relationships and paired up. So Piper walks down, has a date card, and the, typically what happens is that with the date card, you read the date card and then you get to know everyone, and then you choose who you want to take on a date, and you ask them. Piper reads the fucking date card and goes... Brendan, do you want to go on this date with me? Literally speaks to no one. Brendan doesn't even look at Natasha and say like, oh, like you want to, zero hesitation says yes. And then everyone starts questioning like, um, what the fuck was going on? And so on the fucking date, Brendan is telling Piper, I had to do certain things in order to stay here. Like basically alluding to the fact that he played Natasha to stay for her. And Piper, I quote, says, Okay, well, thanks for playing the game. Confirming on national television that they both had a plan that the, like, he was going to keep himself on Bachelor in Paradise until Piper showed up so then they could be together. AKA playing somebody's feelings in order to make it further on the show so he doesn't get sent home. And then so him and Piper all of a sudden after that one-on-one are super lovey-dovey like they've been in a relationship like she's all over him he's they pick all up over exactly her. where they left exactly off. where they left off and everyone's questioning like i've never seen brendan touchy-feely like that with anybody since he's been here in paradise what the fuck natasha goes up to them and pulls piper for a chat and she confirms everything brendan said with piper and it all ends up being a lie so apparently instead of brendan said that they've been seeing each other for one month piper said it was two months Brendan said they saw each other two times. Piper says they saw each other at least 10 times within the two months. Everyone's just like talking about the whole situation and then they pan to Brendan and um, Piper on a bed and they're talking about the article that got posted on Us Weekly. Piper is basically says, oh, did you see that article? And Brendan's like, yeah, on Us Weekly. And then Piper's like, yeah, we, you got a lot of followers off of that, huh? And Brendan was like, yeah, um, so did you. And Piper was like, yeah, I got like 10K. I was at 70 before and now I'm at like, which is like whatever I told you, it was like whatever. And then now I'm at like 78K. The Bachelor Nation basically hates Brendan and Piper and all the contestants on the show um, want them to leave because when they asked the two, they were like, if somebody else were to walk in, would you go on a date with them? Which is the whole point of the fucking show is to date people. They said no. Yeah. So what? then leave. They also lost a ton of followers because of that episode. Yeah, Bachelor Nation hates them. Yeah. And the whole point of them was to allegedly get followers. And it's like funny because it's like Bachelor in Paradise chose to air the the footage of them talking about like their follower account. And like, let's be honest, like it's not the probably the first time that somebody on that show has talked about like how many followers they have or how much clout they're going to gain from being on the show you know what i mean yeah like i'm sure all these people have talked about it but like bachelor paradise strategically picked that footage to air yeah and it just makes me wonder like how much of it is even real because if people are coming in with game plans of like i'm gonna stick it out until you show up and then make it happen like imagine how many times like it's actually like executed properly and like it's actually probably multiple times um but brendan i looked on their stories and brendan had posted um like a on instagram he posted like a question um where people can like type in their comments and questions and shit like a q a a question yeah but his said, tell me how you really feel or tell me what you really think. Something along those lines. He's living off of that. He loves Oh, hell it. yeah. And He's then Piper posted a story on her Instagram. And she said, she basically said that it's all edited and produced for the show to be like that. Of course. She goes, just a gentle reminder that reality TV isn't real. Of course. And she's also the one that literally was like, hee hee hee, ha ha ha, we fool them all with Brendan. And yeah. then turns around and Natasha is like, I had no plans. I had no plan. I just showed up. I don't even like him. Like, you know what I mean? Like totally like lying to her face about 
the whole strategy that they had walking in yeah. when they literally on camera talked about how they had a whole plan. Like yeah. he literally told to her, he said, I was just like keeping people around so I can make it further in the show. So until you show up and we can be together. Mm-hmm. And then disregarded all of that when she talked to Natasha to her face. So it's like, shut up, Piper. You just don't want to save your face, but it's like, just own it. Own who you are at this point. Yeah. I think if they would have, like, if she would have come on the beach and would have been like, hey, I really like you, blah, blah, blah. And then they both just left. Like, it would have been fine. And they would have gotten the fall. A lot of the heat falls on Brendan. Like, Hell he, yeah. He's like, a fucking asshole. He is an asshole and he's living for it. And that's the thing. It's like, I understand Piper trying to save face because that's probably not how she wanted her her experience to go like realistically she probably didn't know that's how it was going to end up like they don't really know what's being filmed and how who's hanging out with who until they show up you know what i mean yeah and he probably didn't either but he had an idea of what he was doing the entire time and he could have maneuvered it in a much better way than putting piper in the situation she walked into you know what i mean definitely and i he did mention like on their one-on-one um he said that i've he basically said that I've pissed some people off, so it has to be me and you till the end. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. <laughs> so basically saying, like, as long as you got my back and I got yours, like, we'll be we'll be fine. Like, bitch, are you serious? Yeah, I was crazy. rooting for you, too. I really liked Brendan. Fuck him. He's a fucking asshole. But everyone's team Natasha now. Ev- literally everyone. I was. She's going to go home. She's for sure going to go home, but people are rooting for her. Like even Becca, who is, um, who was the bachelorette. She even posted saying like, ABC, do your thing. Like this is the new bachelorette, bachelorette, like line them boys up. And like Nick Vial came out in support of her and so many contestants did. It just rocked Bachelor Nation. Oh yeah. For sure. Cause it's never been like this apparent that you were trying to play people ever. You and Piper deserve each other. I can't speak to Piper's character, but from what I've seen on the show, I just think she's like, I think they both had a plan, but I think that she didn't know what she was walking into. So I kind of feel for her on that. She kind of was like basically thrown into like the snake pit from the beginning because she's associated with Brendan. I don't, I don't give her that much. I don't give her that much credit. Realistically though, they both showed up on the show just for clout. Yeah. They both like each other. They're both into each other. They're probably dating in real life. I don't they think she the realized how far it had but, gone with Brendan. Exactly. In terms of Demi and Natasha. Absolutely. But I do think that everything was planned and I think 100%. she was. Honestly, I think the fact that he's so bad at lying and so bad at covering his tracks just makes me feel like this was Piper's idea and he likes her so much and they both were like up each other's asses that they both agreed to it and he just sucks at it. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know either of them so I can't really comment on that. But I do think that... I Do I think they're shitty people for having a strategy walking into Bachelor in Paradise? No, because honestly, they probably all have a... a like a plan. Yeah. They've all hung out together. They all know each other. They all have hooked up with each other at some point. You know what I mean? Like certain people probably do have plans walking into it because realistically you wouldn't be on the show if you didn't want clout, if you didn't want a following. So I don't hate them for that, but I just hate that Brendan got another person's feelings in the mix just because he wanted airtime. That I think is really shitty. Like, I mean, I don't, I can't think at the top of my hand. He did it at the expense of Natasha's feelings. Exactly. And that's, that, and then he was like a total dick about it when she confronted him. That's what's really shitty. Personally, if you're asking me to come up with theory, I'm going to say that this was, he was just trying to like lay low and just get by, but I think someone else's feelings got involved and then he kind of lost control and was like, fuck it. I'm just going to roll with it. Which kind of takes me back to the point that Demi made where she said the producers told her to um pick uh brendan on the one-on-one because i think they would have known a little bit about piper's history which also in the show i don't know if this is true but in the show they always talk about like oh this person was on my list this person was on my Mm. list so i'm thinking that what are the coincidences that the exact fucking person that's on the list walks down the fucking steps like i feel like there's actually a list and the producers actually get people about from that list and that you have to give a brief history and i think that's why that's how they staged not staged but like pushed and nudged people to build this Mm -hmm. drama Mm -hmm. and this narrative yeah but you also have to realize like like 
yeah, they're all like there for love, but they're also all there for to be on a show. Like they're yeah. all there to like make a name for themselves, to get some type of coverage. So there's also that element that's pushing them to do all these things. Like Demi, like yeah, she's pretty messy, but like she's living in that character right now, and she yeah. like totally owns it. Like I think she knows that's who she is on the show. Oh, one hundred. And she's running with it, and that's why no one faults her to it. No one faults her, but like. I just think that, like, it's kind of naive to think that they're all, like, Natasha, like, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm, I feel bad for her, but, like, I also think she's, like, probably milking it more than it should be. No, I definitely don't think so. From the beginning, I feel like Natasha's been one of the most genuine people. I've never seen her so I bad. think she's probably more embarrassed about how she's being going to look on TV than she is about her feelings with that guy. Well, she tweeted, and she was like, I can't even watch this bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I would not want to watch someone playing me in front of camera. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be that embarrassed in front of national television. Yeah. I can't wait for this fucking reunion. I hope they, they all reunion? show. Yeah, they Ooh. have a Fashion in Paradise reunion. I like that. I hope Brendan and fucking Piper show up. I hope they stay together for their own sake. Yeah. The internet will troll them so hard if they apparently, break up. Apparently, at the end of Bachelor in Paradise, there were three engagements. Who do you think it is? Well, one of them's already rumored. Who? Um, Serena P and Grocery Store Joe. <laughs> and the only reason, and they were rumored because um, fans thought with their recent like Instagram post that they were together because Serena P posted about a coffee run and literally like a couple hours later, Joe posted a picture and he was holding coffee and it looked like the same area. That's their speculations. But they are supposed to be one of the people. But And I don't want to ruin it for myself, so I didn't look at the other ones. Well, who do you think the other two are? Um, I think it is Abigail um, and Noah. Those two are the only ones I think so far. What are you salty about? Um, I'm pretty salty about the execution of Olivia Rodrigo's merchandise. I feel like someone with that big of a name should have done a little better for her fans, especially when your fans are the people that are responsible for getting you to where you are, especially with all your songs being charted on the Billboard Top 100. Come on, like, have some respect. You know, have some respect. I think what pisses me off is that like I'm in marketing and I also have a major in PR. So it's like when I see people and companies that like do shitty things like that and then don't respond the right way, it like rubs me the wrong way. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That's why I feel like they don't. Yeah. Customer service is trash. Trash. That's why I think I'm pretty salty. What about you? Um, honestly, I'm salty at the fact that I wasn't a better judge of character of Brendan because I really liked him, and now I'm really upset that I liked him. Yeah, he's but a doesn't that make asshole. you wonder like who else is a fucking asshole? If if he can get Not away with now. being an asshole <laughs> and Bachelor Nation, you mean you only found out because they exposed it? Yeah, realistically, but they chose them to expose. Like there's some there's so many people probably out there that do the same shit. Oh that yeah, one hundred percent. So one hundred percent. I'm also salty about that shit. So that was episode seven. Thanks for listening. Yeah, let us know how you guys feel about this popcorn pop culture segment that we're trying out. We're going to do this every month, like I said earlier. Um, It's going to just be a roundup of different topics that were pretty big and popping in pop culture, in the news, on social media, things like that. Um, so yeah, let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram at Pass the Salt Podcast. Leave us a rating and review if you guys like our content and love to hear from us again. And as always, stay salty. Bye guys. Bye.